As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Life Application with the Scriptures podcast. I'm your host, James Dennis. Every Sunday evening, we have a Bible class at six o'clock where we study God's word or a portion of God's word. And this podcast here is going to do an overview of what we studied on this past Sunday. Um, the name of this lesson is called Concerns and Conflict, and it's taken out of 1 Thessalonians chapter three. So if you missed the class, you can always catch it and I'll do an overall review every week on what we studied and what we went over with in the class and what we discovered in the class. We had a very, very good class this this week. Um, we start off with, and I'm going to give you a build up to where we at to First Thessalonians three and First Thessalonians was written by Paul from the city of Corinth. And let's just go, let's do a little bit of history here. Um, Acts 17, one talks about Paul entering um, Paul, Silas, and Timothy entering uh, Thessalonica. Um, if you go down to, if you drop down to verse 1710, what ended up happening is the big, you know, some of the folks were persuaded. Others were not. And the ones that weren't formed a mob and they came after Paul. And they thought Paul was staying at this guy's house named Jason. And they started going and giving Jason all kinds of grief and issues, woes, and grievances. And Paul, in, in Acts chapter 17, verse 10, um, and we have to go to Acts prior to us going to 1 Thessalonians 3 because this is the buildup. I need you to see the whole picture of this, right? And we did a good job in class. The class did a really, really good job breaking this down. They did it themselves. Um, Acts 17, 10, as soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. So it got so bad that they had to go to Berea. So that was Paul, Silas, and, and, and Timothy. Okay, so they are now in Berea in Acts 17, 10. They got out of Thessalonica because it just got too hot there. Now, the problem is, the guys or the folks in Thessalonica find out, finds out that they're over in Berea preaching. And they're like, mm-mm, we ain't having that. So the mob gets together and go on a traveling. We're going to go down there and get rid of them. Acts 17.4 reads, The brothers immediately send Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stays at Berea. The mob is, 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 is chasing after Paul. They got to get Paul out of there because that's their, that's who they're zeroing in on. So Paul is gone. When you go down to Acts 17, 
15, it reads, The men who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. So they got Paul out of Berea, and now he's in Athens by himself. And he's sitting, once he gets there, he's, he's, he requests, once they got him out of there, now the request is for Silas and Timothy to join him. Look at Acts 17, 16. While in Athens, right? While Paul was waiting for them, Timothy and Silas, in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he sent message to Tim- Timothy and Silas to come. I need you guys to come to Athens. This is where I'm at. They're on the second missionary journey. And while he is there, and this is a whole nother lesson. So we're not going to get into this piece of the lesson because this isn't part of First Thessalonians 3. But this is a whole nother lesson. Paul at this point is so distressed with what he sees in Athens that he has to do something about it. You know, something, some, some situations you have to speak up on. You can't just turn your head and walk away. Sometimes you have to speak up on it and deal with the consequences. And the story behind this or the story with this is a very beautiful story, how he sits there and he reasons with these folks. So, but that's another situation and another lesson. We're not going to get into that today. So, 1 Thessalonians 3. Now we're at 1 Thessalonians 3 because we, we just talked about Paul in Athens. Now we're at 1 Thessalonians 3 because he was in Athens waiting on Timothy and Silas. And it reads, so when we could no longer, so when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. Okay. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 2, we sent Timothy who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Jesus to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Okay, so in there, it, it, once Timothy and Silas got to Athens, which in the class we weren't really clear about that, but as I sat here and studied it, I understood that he waited for him there. Once they got there, he sent Timothy back to Thessalonica. Because he wanted to, what did he say? He wanted to, he wanted to um, strengthen and encourage your faith. He wanted to strengthen and encourage their faith. Now, keep in mind, Acts 18.1 says that after this, Paul left, left Athens and went to Corinth. So, 1 Thessalonians 3 and 2 is now taking place in Corinth. This is where he's writing. And Timothy has just or has came back. I'm not going to say just, but Timothy has came back with the news of what's happening in Thessalonica. And if you read Acts 18.5, it says, When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching and testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. Now, they met Paul in Corinth in Acts chapter 18, verse 5. So let's go over this real quick. I gave you the scriptures for it, but I'm just going to run through this real quick. And I want to make, make sure this is clear. They were in Thessalonica. They ended up going to Berea. Paul left Berea, all three of them. Paul left Berea and went to Athens. Once he got there, he sent word for Timothy and Silas to come there. 
once they came to Athens, then Paul sent um, Timothy to Thessalonica because he wanted, and he's going to talk about that in, in chapter three. He sent him to, to encourage them, strengthen them. All right. And then once he left Athens, he went over to Corinth and Corinth is where Paul and Silas um, and, and, and Timothy is now at. And that is where our lesson picks up. I gave you the long version because I wanted to give you the scriptures so that you can follow along. And again, if you disagree, feel free to give me a contact me. Um, that, that is no problem. I got the emails. I got my email in the um, podcast. You can shoot me an email and say, hey, I disagree with this. You should search the scripture and you should check and, you know, make sure what I'm saying is true. I have absolutely no problems with this. So in verse two of First um, Thessalonians three, Paul says he has sent Timothy to establish and encourage. Those are two major words there: establish and encourage. Let's look at establish. If you go to Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-four and twenty-seven, it talks about building a house on rock and building a house on sand. Paul was only in Thessalonica three, right? They, they, they say three Sabbaths, but we don't know if he was there, you know, longer or, or longer than that. But we're going to say he was there a short time. He wasn't there long enough to give these people, I don't want to say everything they need, but give them most of the stuff that they need. He was there long enough to convince them. So now they're convicted. Their faith is strong. They're ready to do this. They're there. But here's the thing. It's just like when we first became Christians, we didn't, it's stuff we just flat out didn't know. It's stuff that we did that was, that was wrong, what we thought was holy. And you know, we later on found out, oh no, that ain't, no, no, that's not holy. That's just, that's just, you know, no, that's wrong. That's not what we're supposed to do. We got a better understanding of God's word. Why? Because we study God's word. As you study God's word, you get more established. As you get more established, you get stronger. As you get stronger, your faith gets stronger. Now you're a stronger Christian. Now you can uphold and withstand things that go that come out, you know, conflict that comes out, um, bad things that happen, issues, woes, and grievances. You're ready to stand up because you have your full armor of God on you. But you, in order to get your armor of God, you have to study the word of God. Remember, the only weapon used in the armor of God is the word of God. Think about that. The only weapon as part of the armor of God is the word of God. So when we sit back and we think about this, he didn't three weeks or however the small period that he was there. I say three weeks. The, the three Sabbaths that he was there was not enough time to teach them the things that they need. Just again, just like when we're baptized and we get into to Christ, we didn't get it all at once. It takes years. Some of us, it took 10 years, 30 years, 40 years two years, whatever, depending on your level of study and where you are at. You have a whole different viewpoint. You, you understand Christianity just different. You, you are established. You are rooted. Just like Christ said in Matthew 7 about that house built on rock. You want your faith to be built on rock, and that's what Paul wanted for them. That's the reason why he sent Timothy back. The second piece of this is encouragement, encouragement because next to being established, it's also a need to be encouraged. Because they have to be encouraged to keep Christ in their focal point 
in spite of what's going on, Christ got your back. That's the encouraging piece. As you get to learn, as you learn and you get established and you get rooted, now you are able to encourage what? One another. That's why it says do not forsake the assembly, because that is our opportunity to encourage one another. I'm going to tell you something as far as, you know, when you're going through something, it is nothing like having your brothers and sisters call you and they do not agree with what you're saying. But what they're doing is they're encouraging you and doing the right thing. Because Remember, anger, and we're going to talk about anger in our Life App um, YouTube video. We're going to, we got a whole thing of anger coming up on that. But anger will make you think a certain way. Whereas when you got your saints, and I mean true saints that's behind you, and true saints that's established, they will encourage you to do well. They will encourage you to be righteous. They will be. They will encourage sanctification to be set apart. They will encourage you to be set apart from others. That's what they do. Timothy's job is go to Thessalonica and establish, root them into the word of God and encourage them. And also that encouragement is going to help them to encourage others and bring others to Christ. We need to be established and encouraged daily. Remember, faith comes by hearing. When we study, we establish ourselves. The more we study, the more faithful we become. The more faithful we become, the more encouraging we should be to one another as the day goes on. Remember, this congregation was started in conflict with a lot of stuff going on. You really think about it. A lot of people, when they go to a congregation and, and a little bit of something jump off and a little bit of division, there, they out. I'm out. I'm out. These people saw Paul, Timothy, and Silas get ran out of there and see this mob chasing them. And still they were persuaded. Their hearts was right. And as our lessons goes on, we're going to get into that. But Paul was very, very concerned about the conflict and what the conflict was going to have on them. He saw the good in them and he saw all the potential. In first Thessalonians, I want to say Thessalonica, but it's not that. In first Thessalonians chapter, um, verse, um, chapter three, verse number six, it talks about three things. Um, Timothy reported on their faith, their love and their good remembrance. Their faith is their conviction. They were convicted. That there was just fantastic. It's nothing like seeing when you go out and you do God's work and you see God's work work for anybody, not just ministers, not just Paul, not just me, just, but you too. When you go out and you talk to somebody and you literally, you give them something and you can see the goodness come out of them. You can see the faith comes out, you know, their faith, their conviction come out because of, you know, your encouragement. That's a good thing, man. That's good. The love, their motive, their motives, their hearts. Their hearts have to be right. That's where love comes. Love comes from the heart. If you don't love something, you you know you you yeah. So if you if you get it, you get it. You don't, you don't. A leader of any congregation has to love their congregation. If they don't love the congregation, their motives will show it. If it's all about the cash flow, it's going to be all about the cash flow. It will come out. Everybody I know that's had a leader that it was all about the cash flow, it eventually came out. You have to love, as a leader, you have to love your congregation. You have to love that congregation as Paul loved 
the church. Timothy went there with love. He's talking about the love in their heart for them, for Paul, Silas, and Timothy. He said they got love in their hearts. And then you also got the good remembrance, the good remembrance. They saw Jesus in the midst of of confusion and conflict. They saw Jesus in the midst of confusion and conflict. So even though all the day was getting ran out of town, they were getting ran out of town. These folks, that didn't matter to them. What mattered to them, and you got to go back to 1 Thessalonians 2, is that they accepted the word of God not from man, but from God. So their remembrance was good. In order for them to continue to grow and be successful in Christ, they have to continue to be established and they have to continue to be encouraged and they have to continue to encourage one another. And that's why Paul ends this chapter or our lesson today in closing with a prayer. You know, in order for us to establish ourselves in God's word, we, two, two things that we got, have to do, we said a ton of other things we can do, but two main things we have to do is pray and study. You have to communicate with God. You have to ask God, hey, God, it's all about your will, not my will. My will always, my will is always going to be a little janky. Real talk. That's just me. I don't know about you all out there, but my will is, eh, eh. Sometimes I want things to go down a little different, and it shouldn't go down that way. In the study, how do you know what God wants or how God wants you to live if you don't study? We have to continue to encourage daily Every day we should be encouraging folks. You should encourage the person. You know, when I go to the gym and the, and the um, person picks the towel up and you look at it and say, hey, man, thanks for picking that towel up. That's the words of encouragement. We'll, we'll, we'll complain when the towel don't get picked up. But when the person who's getting paid or we'll say, well, he's getting paid to pick that towel up. Yeah, he is. But you know what? Sometimes it's a, hey, man, thank you for the work that you do. You'd be surprised how you tell somebody. Thank you for the work that they do. What their response is to you later on. Always got a running joke um, with me and food, right? So um, my, my, I have been doing this for about two years now where I'll go somewhere and I'll say, hey, thanks for great service. Um, thanks for what you do, blah, blah, blah. I always encourage people. And one of the things I didn't notice, and I, had, I was talking to somebody about this, and I was like, well, man, you know, that's a good thing that's going on these days, huh? And the guy was like, what are you talking about? That plan it forward. You know, people, you get to the drive through and your food is already paid for. And my one buddy was like, where, where are you getting that from? That has happened to me about three times where I went to the cash register and they said, oh, that person paid for your food. They listened to your conversation and they paid for your food. They saw how you handle stuff and they paid for your food. Or I was in Chick-fil-A not too long ago and just pulled up and my food was paid for. The person said, I just had the urge to pay for your food. That's what that encouraging and stuff do. That's when you give off that ore of goodness and encouragement. That's what it's all about. Especially in the midst of conflict, we have to continue to encourage. During the pandemic, I was definitely trying to encourage. We have to keep encouraging even after this pandemic is gone. And we have to be concerned about one another. 
real deal concern for one another. We're going to get into this later on in this lesson. I don't want to get into it too tough today, but I just want you to be aware of being concerned with one another. That's that concern. Concern in good times and definitely concern in conflict. God loved that congregation so much that he sent Timothy, the young minister, back to establish and encourage them. And then he prayed for them. He was that concerned. And Timothy, let's not take much from Timothy. Timothy was there when he got ran out of town, and he went back to where they got ran out of town at. He went back and did and did the work. Despite the guys that was there. Like I said, they was focused on Paul, but they wasn't focused on Timothy. And it's amazing how God lets things work. Paul got there. Got, Paul kicked the ball down the street. And then he was like, Timothy, you go ahead and, and keep working and keep passing that ball to him. Keep passing that knowledge to him. It's a beautiful thing. All right. This is our lesson for this week. Um, next week, we will not have a Bible class because it is Mother's Day. We're going to uh, we're going to pass over. But the week after that, I'll be back with another podcast of the um the overview of our lesson we're studying first thessalonians and again if you can't catch us at six o'clock on sunday evenings catch this podcast just to give you a little bit of an overview great class great folks they had a bibles out until next time you have a good life james dennis take care bye Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.